Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What's up? I am Bone. And I am a non-glitchy beam. Oh, man. We had a bad podcast the last time. So this time, we got clear, crystal, clean audio. I mean, it's like the Fiji water of audio. It's like the Connecticut water of audio. Yeah, yeah, there you go, Bone. That's a better way to go about it. I can see we haven't done a podcast in about five weeks. Weeks and nothing has changed. Mm, Get that funk out of your water, Beaver. Get it gone. That's right. Oh yeah, we got a lot to get to. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I haven't talked to you in a while. Dude, I'm good. I've uh, the most recent update I have for the people since we haven't talked is uh, since the last time we talked, we have uh, taken ownership of a puppy at our house. So we have a like three-month-old dog mm-hmm. now chewing and on everything and old child and yeah and it was in a, a 12-month-old child she just turned one so That's we're amazing so they have the same toys they both like play with each other the dog <laughs> is starting to get the idea that like i can't just dominate this human because the bigger humans will get mad so we've like started trying to teach him like you can't just tackle her when she has one of your toys and yeah so anyway it's 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 a lot of getting up in the middle of the night with a dog has to go pee that's what I really have to do now. So my whole night, I should be watching like, I don't know, soccer from Eastern Europe or something, because I could probably get, you know, I could probably see a bunch of soccer games that I normally wouldn't be able to watch because they're on because I'm up so early. But other than that, yeah, that's what Me I've been too. doing. I could do that as well, probably. Yeah, I'm on your schedule. I'm, I guess I'm up at like five o'clock every morning now which is new for me. I'm not yeah, really it's, used to uh, You know what, Bone? We're about, I guess, two months in. We're two months into the uh, morning juice uh, here on the fan, and I still haven't gotten used to it. So, like, the, such the wild thing about doing this, right? Like, as you know, I mean, you've been in a lot of day parts in your time in radio, and so, you know, the, the only day part that I've been in, unless I'm filling in on, on different shows, which was fine, and I had no problem about that, but the day part that I was used to filling in or being on was the six to eight time slot. So like you go back and you run it back a year from right now to where we were, like we were in the station, we were doing stuff, you know, Timmy Mm -hmm. and I are doing network coverage for the Buckeye stuff. And then basketball season was getting ready to start. So like there'd be nights at the station, like I'm there till one, two o'clock in the morning. And so it was no big deal. Right. I mean, I would get home at eight 30. So like we'd get done with the show. I drive home at eight 30. My lovely wife, Meredith, God bless her. She would have dinner ready. Cause she was getting ready to go to bed. Cause she's a teacher. So like, a year ago, I mean, just even three months ago, right? Like I was getting off at eight o'clock and right. now I have something on my phone, which is my bedtime where like, I, unless I open my phone up, like no notifications will come through, which is very nice. Like I've got that set for eight o'clock right now. So I have gone from <laughs> getting off and getting home at eight thirty in the morning to literally laying in my bed, trying to fall asleep before the sun goes down at like eight fifteen, it is. Uh, it's a pretty wild little schedule change. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why. So for those wondering, like, what's happened with your podcasting? Why don't you guys haven't done a lot of podcasts recently? Well, that's part of it. Is just like schedule changes, life changes, uh, pandemic weirdness, yes, uh, all that stuff. 
also you know us like this is just what happens sometimes we just go for a while we don't do a podcast <laughs> right. so now that we're getting a little more adjusted to our schedules we're going to try to get a little more regular with this but uh yeah don't don't believe anything we say until we actually do it how yeah, about that exactly just and it's getting forward. cold we've got the first frost of the season which is no good uh -huh. for golf which means more time for me to record podcasts see there you go. That's perfect. Yeah. And it's good chilly weather, too. So mm. I already made my first chili of the year Delicious. last weekend, and mm, it was good. Uh, all right. So we got a lot to get to today. We will talk about, I haven't even told you, being my Premier League team this year. Uh, my choice was not a good one. We will talk about that a little bit later it, on. It was Manchester United. No. Well, it <laughs> not far off. Sad to say for you. We will talk about your Manchester United, the dead Reds, as they are right now. Maybe they'll uh, awaken at some point. We'll talk about the interest at the top of the league through the first four weeks of the season, which, boy, there's just some Drunk. names you're not some no, <laughs> some names you're not expecting at the top of the Premier League, and that's that makes it fun. Uh, everyone's getting COVID again. We'll talk about how MLS has had some issues and uh, an American national team player also having some issues as well. And we will start off where I guess you know the crew had COVID as well, a couple staffers, so they didn't get to play their Orlando City game, but they did play against FC Cincinnati and. <clears throat> Hell is real, and it's For really you bad. Personally, oh, yes, it is. it's really bad right now. The crew drop a shocker two to one to FC Cincinnati at Nippert. Okay, the let's. Nip! Yeah, the nip. Let's talk about this game because uh, not not a ton because I don't want to just talk about how despairingly awful it was. But the problem for this crew team right now, they. They are without two of their best players in Darlington Nagby and Lucas Zellerion. Uh Aloy Room is another one who is one of their best players, and he's out as well. So without those three guys, they have not looked quite like themselves. And even when those guys were playing to some level, like Zellerion wasn't 100%. Nagby, I think, had some, some stuff that was going on prior to him actually shutting it down. So they, they have issues now where – they just offensively have nothing going for them. They had one shot in the first half of that game yesterday, yeah. and that one shot was a penalty kick that Pedro Santos drew. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it went in, thankfully. But, I mean, that's that's not acceptable for the team that has the depth that we thought this team did starting off the season. Clearly, those depth issues are a bit more of a concern than than at least I thought early on in the season. Yeah, I just, you know, I look at this team and, and I, I'm guaranteeing that a bunch of crew fans are waking up and they're upset about everything that happened last night. And the reality of the situation is like, it's a wacky year, right? And so you come into this year and I think that's the biggest frustrating part, Boat, is like you play in the bubble and you look like you're unbelievable. And this team is at full go. They look like they can be serious contenders in MLS, but there's two sides to that Jekyll and Hyde thing. It's like, all right, well, these these injury concerns are now starting to pop up. No Aloy Room, our guy. We talked to him on a podcast uh, last year, which was fantastic when he came over. It was uh, pretty amazing to get to talk to him. And it's the same thing, right? I mean, your biggest player that you ever brought in, Lucas Zellerion, you're missing him, it's obvious. And then possibly, like, the you know the biggest playmaker on your team, the stalwart that is Darlington Nagby. And so when you combine all of that, man, and especially the system that Porter is running, like, 
you're without a goal stopper. You're you're without your main goal stopper, I should right. say. You're without your biggest playmaker in Zellerion, and you're without your biggest engine in Darlington Nagby. And so you start to look at this team actually, you know, from a factual standpoint, and you're like, oh, yeah, it kind of makes sense. It sucks last night that it went the way that it did with FC Cincinnati in the Hell is Real match. And I understand how you're waking up and you're pissed off and you're upset. Like there should have been, you know, a lot of hype around that game. And you just got kind of got a dead fish performance. Like, it's okay to me bone like I understand like if you're going through injury concerns and you know you're not running out the 11 guys who you're supposed to and you're feeling confident but it just I don't know man something about that game last night it was just so bad you would think an in-state rivalry that has that much hype around it and the two fan bases hate each other like the players would bring something but to me like it just I don't know man it was just a uh, it was a lack of energy I think that really really caught me off guard last night yeah, that, that was entirely frustrating. The other thing that was a bit frustrating is the penalty kick that uh, that Cincinnati got to start the game. Caleb Porter did not make excuses and say that's why they lost. It's not. I mean, that was a 2-1 game. They scored that goal in, what, the 18th minute, I think, was when the penalty happened. They had the whole game to get it back, and they did get it back before halftime with their own penalty kick, the crew did. So it's not like that's an excuse, but it sure. is frustrating that that – Definitely changes when you play a team that's as poor as FC Cincinnati and FC Cincinnati has no shame. Like they don't they don't play the beautiful game. They play the game that allows them to possibly not get obliterated and good for them. It's all they've got. So they they pack the bus. They don't they don't really allow you to do much in the offensive third once they get a goal. And that is where the game does change a little bit. And it's frustrating. So uh, in either case, that penalty was a little suspect. Tarbell comes out of his comes off his line. Mm-hmm. There's a cross into the box. There's a, a melee, as Steve Spurrier would have called it, a melee yeah. in the box. Three or four Meet guys up. clattering into each other. Somehow they determined that Andrew Tarbell did not get any touch to the ball, but of course he ran into one of the FC Cincinnati players, and they said that was the foul. And I think that's I think that was a I don't know. Goalkeepers have some understanding that they are allowed to go out there and make a play on the ball I know you're not allowed to just obliterate someone but they usually get a more a little more leeway than that Jonathan Mensah after the game said that the referee was on his earpiece talking to VAR and he said I heard him a few times say I can't hear you I can't hear you Mm. and then he paused for a couple seconds and said no you know the, the call stands and he's like what changed did he did he finally get someone to talk to him or what like so he's wondering if the guy couldn't even hear and the he actual just went call, with the original call, huh? right? And just said, "This is it. This is what I'm doing." And yeah. so I, I would like to believe that's not the case, but I would uh, like to believe it is a case, and we should open up a massive investigation about it. <laughs> I think that's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, I agree as well. Um, so as far as the MLS standings go after that game last night, Crew are still in shape, plenty enough shape to be in the top four, sure. which is the goal, host a playoff game. That's what you want to do. Uh, they are looking less and less like they're going to they're, – they're, they're out of the Supporters' Shield race for the most part unless something drastically changes. They need Nar- they need Darlington Nagby back. They need Zella Rayon back at full strength as soon as possible. But this team is sitting on 31 points now. Toronto and Philadelphia have clinched their spots in the playoffs at 38 and 35 points respectively. Orlando City and Columbus are tied on points – but the crew have a slight difference in goal differentials, so that slight, yeah, one goal. So yeah. that gives them the uh, that gives them the edge. Ultimately, the crew are going to make the playoffs, but because there are ten teams that get into the playoffs this go around, 
They have a play-in round between teams 7 through 10. So the crew should be in the uh, – their goal needs to be to stay in the top four. Yeah, the they're seven points. points above right now, Boom, playing in that little playoff to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Hopefully that won't happen for them, and I don't think it should. But in either case, that's where the crew are sitting right now. Um, not where I had hoped to see them after the you know pretty good start to the year and, and the restart as well being pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. But uh, that game looms large whenever they play it again against Orlando City because that was when they were supposed to play. I'm kind of glad they're not playing it. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't have to play it with this current – way they're playing because i don't think they win that game uh so yeah crew has definitely some work to do we're going to keep an eye on that and uh hopefully we can see them find their way because this is (laughs) this is not a great way to end the season if this is how it's going to go down can you explain Um, something to me real quick sure i'll do my best all right so i'm looking at mls standings right now and it's a um i don't check in on the western conference as much as you know that i probably should oh hey and uh yeah as you can tell in our mls season previews what we did before the season and before the uh, coronavirus struck so anyways i'm looking at the (laughs) i'm looking at the standings in the the western conference can you tell me what the hell has happened to the LA Galaxy? Oh, like, what's buddy. can can you give me a a, it, a brief it, description of that? It breaks my heart, man, because that's my guy. Guillermo was mm-hmm. their head coach, and uh, yeah, I I can't explain exactly why they're that bad, but it there has been a lot of unrest there. There's been a lot of frustration there with with a lot of the fan base. Uh, this is a team that should be with the budget, with the amount of scouting they do, with everything involved with them. This should be something that is is much better than it is right now, and I mean they're just they're getting smoked. They just played San Jose and lost four to nothing. Yeah. I mean that's that's unacceptable, man. That's 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 not good. So uh, they they've got some issues, and unfortunately, I don't <laughs> I don't see a lot happening right now that's going to change their situation. So I hate to say it, but my guy Gijay. May not be long for, he may not be long for this world in the uh, MLS coaching tree. And you know what? If it was going to happen like that where he was going to be awful, I guess I'm glad he didn't come to Columbus because, man, sure. would I hate man would I hate to have to, like, be sad about him as the head coach of the crew. Ugh. Yeah, not well, good. Well, don't even get that. I, don't, I didn't want to get you upset here on a, no, on a now podcasting I just, day. Well, I'm, I'm going to go light some candles and put on some My Chemical <laughs> Romance. It's really... That's where I'm at right now. I just you know, do that anyway because of because of the COVID. That's just what I do now all the time. So you know what I did notice though? What's that? My guys out in Canada, Vancouver, oh, yeah, in the playoff spot. They're hanging on. They are. Mm-hmm. They're right there on. Uh, yeah, 21 points. So they've they've got to keep it together. They battling Real Salt Lake there in Colorado and Houston basically <laughs> for the final spot. So yeah, Real Salt right. Lake, no chance. That's right. I'll give I'll give credit this way. We talked about this before the season. I didn't think San Jose was going to do much. They actually have have been a pretty decent team this year. Uh, going back to the Eastern Conference, I had my doubts about Orlando City. I had huge doubts about Toronto this year. Toronto has been great. Toronto continues to be that team, man. So credit where it's due. And Nashville, which we haven't talked a bunch yeah. about, but Nashville's in a technically a playoff spot right now, and maybe they'll hang on to it. I still can't believe Atlanta United is hanging on to a playoff spot because they've been just abjectly terrible. But hopefully they'll get bounced. I don't want to even see them in the playoff in the play in round. But yeah, there's there's been some nice surprises in this uh, MLS season. So now we're getting to the point where if you are a casual MLS watcher, now is the time to kind of start hammering in and and checking in on what's going on week to week because playoffs are coming. So here's the rest of the schedule for the crew, just for what it's worth coming in. 
Uh, they've got this Sunday, New York City FC. Yep. Then a week from Sunday, they go to Houston to play. These are both winnable games for this team. As bad as the crew have looked, they, they, they're better than these teams. They should prove that. Uh, then they go to D.C. United. Yeah, which, I hate to see that. Ugh. I hate to see what's happening to them this year. God-awful team they are. Big one against Philadelphia. That's That could be a playoff matchup preview at some point, and Philly's a tough team. They get them at home at least on Sunday, November 1st. And then they round out the season with terrible Atlanta, who will be probably fighting for a playoff spot. So the crew may have clinched by that point, but my hope is if, let's say, around that Houston or D.C. United game, they start to get Darlington Nagby back, mm -hmm. give him a couple games to really work back in, get his legs back. Uh, if Zellerayan is back by that point, too, hopefully, Aloy Room, if he's good, get this team back to the place it should be. And then when you've got Philadelphia, a tough playoff-tested team, yeah. you can measure yourself against that one. Atlanta. Despite their woes, they have playoff pedigree for the guys that are still there, and they'll be fighting for a playoff spot. So both those teams will present good challenges at the end of the season to kind of see where you are. So there's still plenty of hope for this team to get it turned. The last four games have been terrible, but, I mean, a month from now, we could be looking at this team completely differently, just like I now look at my mornings with a puppy, <laughs> which I didn't do a month ago. So, <laughs> See, yeah. everything can change. Everything comes back to the dog for me. I think what you're, you know, looking forward to if you're a crew fan is understanding the situation that they find themselves in, right? And I just mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast here, but it's the same thing. I mean, when you're without 3 of your best players, that is going to be tough in any circumstances to try and get results that you want. So you're right. I mean, if you hang around for, you know, the next, I don't know, week or two, depending on when Nagby comes back and Zellerion, he gets that hamstring issued out. So like, you know, hanging around maybe the the wrong word for it because you do have a bunch of winnable games coming up on your slated slated schedule but you look at this bone and you just you really want to round into form as soon as these playoffs are coming so like you want to probably get one or two games remaining in the, the rest of the regular season to kind of to kind of find your form and then it's going to be all go so like if you get room back and then you get uh nagby zellerion like all your dudes who you're excited for and your big time playmakers then yeah like, there's no reason why this team should be fumbling around in the playoffs. So I'm looking forward to that. I know it's been kind of a rough patch. I know it was a rough morning. Like, my next-door neighbor, Eric, uh, who we, we watched the crew game outside when they were in the bubble earlier on this summer, they had a watch party last night. I was unable to partake. I felt bad about it. He was texting me for like a week and a half, week out. He's like, hey, hell is real, hell is real. I'm like, yes, I know. I'm aware. I'm in bed by 8 o'clock, though, which yeah. is very, very tough for me to do. <laughs> so I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, I know that he's uh, he's probably not feeling great this morning after uh, having some people out to his beautiful little back patio. And it's been such yeah. a lovely fall uh, that they've been able to do that a lot, which is good. But it was I, a, I it was a disgusting like, performance last night. Gross. I will say, I think we're getting a good fall. I mean, that's 2020 has been abjectly terrible on almost all fronts. But sure. the fall has been better than I expected. I'll give it that. And if I can get, like, three or four more weeks of fall before we really get into, like, 35 degrees and rain, I'll take it. Like, Give me another month of leaves on the trees with color. That's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to get down to Hocking Hills and like actually go drive through and see all the beautiful foliage. I've never done it, but I'm going to try to. Peak foliage season. There's nothing better. Yeah. So Meredith and I went to Maine a couple of years ago. Oh, she, Ohio yeah. State had a bye week, and then where she teaches at – they had like a built-in fall break, and so like the stars aligned for us. Because as you know, during football season, like yeah, we don't you know, go. We much. got a bunch of responsibilities, and like we're usually not going anywhere. And of course, this was in a pre-COVID world, and we went to Maine. 
and I want to say it was either in the middle or the the end of October. Bone, I have never seen a place more beautiful in my entire life. Like the reds and the that. orange and the the yellows popping off the trees. We just took a literally took like a three hour drive one day just up the coast, and it was uh, stunning. So you're right, like foliage season here in Ohio, nothing better. It's sad, but that's what I think of Maine looking like all the like. If someone yeah. in the middle of July is like, I'm going to Maine for whatever reason in my head, I'm like. Oh yeah, you probably got orange trees and like some, mm-hmm. you know, you're sipping a cider. And lobster you're wearing, rolls. yeah, you're wearing flannel. Like oh, I just sure. assume that's what you're doing. It's LL, LL Bean, Bean country is from there. Yeah. Of course, I'm wearing course. my LL Bean flannel right now. Actually, there you it's go. A cold See? in my house. It's got a fleece line in it, so I'm I'm good. I'm actually I feel like a person from Maine today. All right, we've ticked off, not ticked off. I mean, we checked off two of the sponsors, Connecticut and LL Bean. So we just gotta roll the next one in. Are they a sponsor? Are you- yeah, are you doing the next one or me? It's it's I believe it's uh male enhancements. So whichever one if, <laughs> we, if we just sure, let's we tag te- we tag team on that. Well, Bone, that was a poor poor choice of words there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's exactly right. All right, let's switch over to the Premier League here because I'll tell you, you could use some enhancement. Is uh Manchester Man United could use some male enhancement Man or some United enhancement. Is right. They need something going there because uh buddy, it's not going well for your guys right now. What's the deal? It's not going well. No, it's uh, it's really not. So obviously they start off the season right, and you look at this in a COVID world. They just had they had such a short off season, and you know me, I mean Manchester United, they're so short on uh, you know a bankroll as well. So it's really hard for them <laughs> right uh, to bring in expensive. How do they players. cobble together the? Funds? Yeah, I have no clue. I got no clue how they're able to uh, even get any pieces in. But they start off their season right, and so. I know they played a friendly against Aston Villa, and you're looking at that. They lose one nothing. It's like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. It's Aston Villa. It's a friendly, blah, blah, blah. So then they get their season started against Crystal Palace at home. Get shelled by Crystal Palace. So, like, that's already a great start to your season. And then they take on Brighton Bone in a Premier League game. And without a late, late winner penalty decision, you were talking about Manchester United drawing that game. And then the last game that they played in, because they're on international break right now, I know they come back this weekend and they take on Newcastle on the road, which is a good opportunity for them, get absolutely drilled by Tottenham. And Jose Mourinho is just smiling ear to ear. I know we got a bunch of Spurs fans that listen to this podcast. Listen to me, Spurs fans. Enjoy that one because it was amazing. I was sitting here watching the game, all right? I was sitting here watching the game and – I literally, I start to laugh. Like, I am belly laughing at a point where it's like 3-1, 4-1, 5-1. And I'm I'm sitting here. Meredith's over there. She's doing some stuff, like, at the kitchen table. I'm sitting here drinking a cup of coffee, like, laughing my ass off. My neighbor, Eric, like I said, who is a big crew fan, he's, like, looking. He's I can see him looking at me through the window, and he's laughing. Like, we got the doors open and the windows open, and we're just laughing together for what that was. One, credit Spurs for an incredible performance. Two, what the hell is happening? Ole is at the bus, but I tell you what, man, if you lose this game this week in a Newcastle, he's going to be out in four matches because it is, uh, it's pretty apparent that nobody knows what the hell they're doing. They don't have a style. They don't have any character to the team. You, you can look at Bruno. You can look at Pogba. You can look at Rashford and Martial and Greenwood and all these dudes and say, how the hell are you not working? They yeah. don't have a system that they play in. Oh, yeah, by the way, Harry Maguire, their $70 million man, he is butt. He <laughs> is not very good at all. Like, I'm yeah. looking at him like, boy, yeah. send him back to Mykonos. Let's get him sentenced because this is unacceptable. Yeah, this this I'll tell you, man, it's uh, it's been I I don't really feel bad for Manchester United fans. No, God, no, you shouldn't. But if if of all the big clubs like your team has had the last 
you know, couple years, some of the most abject failures when it comes to putting teams together, figuring this out. I don't think this team is broken and can't be fixed. But to your point, there is no reason why this team, with the talent they've assembled, there's no reason why they should be as as poor as they are to start the season off. Now, it's only a handful of games, not even a handful of games yet. So they're not going to be 16th. They're not going to be a relegated team. It's that's funny to think. see them. Well, it's funny to see them down there, but they're obviously not going to be that team, and that's fine. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Like, so what if they're, what, a, a ninth or 10th place team or an 8th yeah. place what team? What is like, that? What does that do for you? This is a team that's trying to figure out, you know, getting back to Champions League and staying there and continuing to be a team that can contend for the Premier League title, and they look like they're nowhere close to that right now. I am surprised the Bruno Fernandes thing is not working out better with him and Pogba just because that was kind of the... Well, it was working the, so well at the end of last season. Right. I think that was that's why it's shocking. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's a little frustrating about it, I would assume, for you, and I would think for most you know, United fans, that's that's very tough. So hopefully they can get that turned around if you are a Man United fan. <laughs> and if you're not, laugh all well, the we're, way We're to just going to keep laughing at you. Although you I will say, I mean, look, here's here's the good news for you. And I think it's the same type of news I guess you could have, uh, you know, for Liverpool as well. Like, you guys have been sitting on this for a couple of weeks, that stunning defeat. Mm-hmm. I would presume if there's any cojones if there's any heart if there's any whatever blood rushing through their veins like they're going to come out fired up and ready to show we're not the team that just got drilled we're not the team that just got embarrassed that's not who we are like I would expect they're getting I would expect you to get the best effort from this team against Newcastle and to your point if they don't then yeah Ole has to go that's that's the end of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer reign at Manchester United like that's it if you can't motivate your team when they are this bad to start the season and you just got drilled and you're playing a team that in Newcastle, yes, they've got a better record than you right now. They should not be a better team than you. If you can't come out prepared and ready for that game, then it's, it's, it's done. You're right. They're going to have to move on from him and uh, sooner than rather than later. Well, the good thing is that for Manchester United, their schedule is so easy, right? I mean, you take on Newcastle on the road up in the bubble there. And then listen to this. You take on PSG three days later. In the mm. Champions League. All right, that's easy. You get sure. a home match against Chelsea on oh, Saturday. That's... And then four days after that, you take on Red Bull Leipzig, who are incredible. And then <laughs> four days after that, you get to take on Arsenal at home. And then you go back to the Champions League against Istanbul. So, like, all right, fine. That one should be okay. And then after that, you are on the road against league leader Everton. How's that for a seven-game stretch for you? Yeah, I I think a few things are going to be different by that point between Manchester United and Everton. I would assume so. I don't think Everton's going to be your league leaders. And you know what, though? We should pause there because I want to give a big shout-out to the Everton fans. The Evertonians Mm -hmm. are good Columbus Toffees, our our people. Yeah, we're we're happy for them. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I'm excited for Everton fans. Uh, I, I have said before... Because I had to- I had toyed with picking Everton as my like Premier League team until Sunderland gets back. Man, a couple years ago, I I kind of test drove Everton for a hot minute, mm-hmm. and I realized like I can't get in between that Liverpool Everton rivalry because I appreciate both teams. So there's no way I can be involved in that because I can't have affinity for both of the fan. You don't want to be a sinner, yeah? No, that would be stupid. Why would wh- who would do that? Who roots for Ohio State and Michigan? That's stupid. So I just said I need to back out of both of those and not get too involved. 
But I love hearing that Everton and seeing them the way they have started off this season. I love hearing the passion from the fans who are, you know, getting all geared up to to see their team do this. It's awesome. Um, I think the same thing applies that I just said about Manchester United to Liverpool. Because mm-hmm. Liverpool last time out also got drilled. But seven to two? That's not that's not against who? Aston uh, Villa. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it that's... wasn't, it's different, you know, like, all right, you know, Manchester United and Spurs, like, yeah, Spurs have had unbelievable quality players. Like that can happen. It cannot happen if you are the defending champions in Liverpool to the hands of Aston Villa. If they beat you, fine, fair game. Seven to two though, boy, like that I mean, was in, shocking. In fairness, it was a second place team dominating a fifth place team. Yeah, which... you're right about that. <laughs> All is well in the world. 2020, baby. Good for the villains, right? Enjoy it, Aston Villa. Enjoy being at the top, you know, up near the top of the table here. This is this is wonderful. I I applaud it. It's great. All I'm saying is Liverpool and Everton. Everton's feeling great. Like, not the fan. Like the fans I know appreciate what is about to happen, right? The fans know going up against Liverpool is going to be a ridiculously tough task. You are vastly improved, but this is going to be monumental. And then you add to it that Aston Villa just primed Liverpool for <laughs> like two weeks of just seething in their own stew. And now they get to come out and finally wash that off. And you're the team that's sitting there. This is going to be a Merseyside Derby for the ages. And thank God they put it at 730 in the morning on Saturday. Like what? I'll at least it's out. By, I'll be drunk by 930. I know. At least it's out of the way of all the college football. Well, if we were playing college football yes, this weekend, exactly. half the games are getting canceled. But if we were playing college football this weekend, like at least if you're a fan of that, you can watch Everton and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You can see perhaps the match of the weekend and then get ready for all the other stuff going on. But yeah, uh, a full slate of games this week on, on the Premier League. I didn't get to ask you yet. Are you what do you think of the uh, the Peacock plus whatever premium Peacock? I just want to keep saying Peacock <laughs> like the, fa- <laughs> the fact that they're Man hey, we got the spot. We got the sponsor read in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll, I, will, I just how do you feel about them putting some of the best games of the weekend on that uh, on that setup? I like listen, I think a couple of years ago with the NBC Sports Gold package and you know every different name that they have called it, like if you want to watch every single game, they're there and it's gonna cost you a premium to get it. I think I, I was really, really pushed back on that at the beginning, you know, of all of this, like subscribe to channels. Now it's just like this is kind of the world that we're moving in. I will say this, like the production value on 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 the Peacock like production level, it's good. I mean, it's it's as good as the NBC Sports Gold. I'm fine with it. Like I, yeah. I'm I'm totally cool with it. If you want to watch your team and your team likely isn't a Manchester City or a United or Chelsea or Arsenal, whatever the teams that you aren't usually uh, on the big stage on the NBC Sports actual like channel or on like the big NBC, like I get it, and I, I think they've done a pretty good job at it. Yeah, uh, for what it's worth, on Saturday at 3 p.m., if you would like to watch Manchester United, they're on Peacock Premium. <laughs> Good. Like you said, all the bad teams are on Peacock Premium. They belong on the Peacock. <laughs> You're right. Totally belong. No, there. no. Uh, although, I didn't get to talk about it. I'll bring up briefly my Premier League team I chose this year. Yeah. So, I decided to throw in with a relegation battle team. I decided to throw in with a team that I have previous history of rooting for from, you know, just from like a casual sense of – you know, there's players that have been there that I've rooted for. I have, Beamer, decided to go full ham. I am all the way in on Fulham. Well, so I apologize. That's, that's not turned out well for me. That has been, they are, they are like the most relegatable team I think I've ever seen. 
Like I I picked that the day before the start of the season and then watched them get like drubbed four to nothing to start the year and just downhill from there. So Yeah, it's um you know it's I mean, I, they they picked a team. They basically said, Hey, we we won the champ we didn't win the championship. We got in via playoff in the championship and got up to the Premier League. Should we buy a bunch of good players like we tried to do the last time and then got relegated because of it? The answer was, no, let's not do that. Let's just keep a championship side in the Premier League and see what happens. And here we are. This is what we have. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating scenario, right? Because, you know, the experience with Fulham, I've actually had some personal experience with the club. Like, the people love Fulham, right? Like, their fans are so diehard. But the thing that you have to realize, like, it's so interesting, Bone. So, Shad Khan owns the team. He's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Like, yeah. he owns... Fulham and his son Tony is in charge of like the the analytical department and like the actual like general manager and like bringing in players and so I'd be interested to be a fly on the wall in the conversations that went on like you mentioned I mean they spent a load of money the last time that they made it up to the yeah, up to the what, Premier two years League. two years yeah. ago right yeah exactly. we were, we were got... talking about all the moves they'd made in our yeah. Premier League preview that year and then we watched that just all light itself on fire and yeah. just do nothing and it so, was terrible I do think there would be a middle balance to this where you can obviously go out and spend some money because you're getting so much back. And it just, I, I don't know what the decision-making process was for Fulham this year. Like, it's obvious if you run a championship side out, like, you're going to get blitzed. And it's very apparent that that is what they're doing this year. And so, like, I don't understand the game plan from Fulham uh, and I'm very, very sorry that you picked them as your team this season. Well, I mean, look, there was there was obviously the Brian McBride connection, Carlos Bocanegra, Deuce. Sure. I mean, even Eddie Lewis, like lots of U.S. national teamers have played for Fulham over the years. And that that's always been the team that I've kept an eye on just because there's like it feels like for like most of the last 20 years, there's been some level of connection to the U.S. national team or at least enough of one that I was always regularly checking in on them. And so now I'm just kind of invested in them staying up. You know what I mean? Like just, just wanting to see that happen. Um, so yeah, I've thought, all right, until Sunderland's still mired in the third division, I'm going to go with Fulham and probably going to see them right back in the championship. What would be really odd for me is if they get relegated again this year and Sunderland yeah. finds a way back up to the championship. <laughs> and then I, then I have both of the teams that I've kind of made a little, but I'll always be a Sunderland guy. Like I'll, Sadly, have to root. Uh, that game, I just won't watch. I just won't watch those two. But I, I've always loved Fulham. I've always rooted for them uh, just whenever, you know, they've had an American player there because it's rare for us to get to see um, what it was for the last, you know, up until Christian Pulisic and the sure. new generation that's coming up. More on that in a second. But that's that's always been something that for me has been kind of easy to just jump in and say, oh, yeah, how's how's one of the U.S. national teamers doing, you know? So that's that's always made it a little easier when you have a rooting interest in that way yeah absolutely uh, and just a little update while you're talking about Sunderland and League One if you want to update on uh, my guys and the shrimpers just because yeah. I know that's what you come here for as I do a shrimpers update as you know they got relegated into League uh -huh. Two last year correct that would so be the shrimpers the in League division. Two yes which is the fourth division you got League Two League One championship then the Premier League so it would be a I don't know 35 year climb to try and get to the Premier League but hey whatever I'm in for it the South End United, the Shrimpers of South End United, are currently in 23rd out of 24th place in League Two. Oh. They have played five games. They oh, have gotten buddy. two points. And I don't even know what is below League Two. Like, I have zero clue what, what that looks like after relegation in that, that world. I am, yeah, I am so disheartened for you. 
as much as like I didn't want to see your team get promoted over mine, I didn't want to see them get relegated, and I definitely don't want to see them get relegated again. Maybe we need a Netflix documentary on them. You know what? We might we might let's be take able the to, we might be able to pool our resources and maybe buy South End United. Like that may be a real thing that we could accomplish. Yeah, I actually think that's that sounds really good. I want to say that did Ryan Reynolds just try to do that, or is I think Ryan Reynolds is getting involved in trying to buy uh, a team. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. Anyway, who cares? Uh, moving along. I want to talk about the Americans, the young Americans, uh, because now, like we said, it's a lot easier for us to watch American players on Wrexham the national stage. Wrexham Association Football Club, a fifth-year yes. Welsh soccer team. Yes, Wrexham barely even knows them. That's right. So good for him. <laughs> good for him. Yes. Uh, who else? Isn't someone else famous? I Rob think... McElhaney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From all, it's always sunny. So yep. there you go. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm. I'm hopeful that will be the comedy duo to bring back soccer. It really and, will be. And yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Not that it's gone, I guess. Um. So, but we have we have lots of guys to talk about from the U.S. national team pool. But a couple I want to focus on real quick. One, Weston McKinney, mm-hmm. who made the move to Juventus. Yeah, by the way, big move. Like, that's huge, man. Like, you have you have U.S. national teamers sitting on the squads and playing regularly for Chelsea, Juventus, and another team that we'll get to in just a second. But on that front, Weston McKinney is now apparently got COVID, yep. sadly. Got the Corvid. And who do you think he got it from? Yep. Probably his teammate, Cristiano mm-hmm. Ronaldo. Which, again, I like this idea that we're talking about <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> and a future, like one of the bright futures of the U.S. national team. The, not the bright future, the now of the U.S. national team. They're on like the same club that was like, we want to win a championship in Italy. How do we do that? Well, let's get Cristiano Ronaldo. Who else can we get? Let's get Weston McKinney. Like the fact that those guys are in the same discussion as far as, yes, these are the talents that we pull in to win our league. It's a great thing. It's a great time to be alive as a U.S. national team fan. So for all you long-suffering U.S. national team fans who had to, like, talk yourself into, hey, well, you know, Josie Altidore is playing for Hull City. and Like, now at least we're talking about some big-time clubs, and it feels better. And Gio Reyna is doing his thing. He's a monster. He's going to be – God knows where he's going to end up by the end yeah. of all this. But, yeah, there's talent all over the board. How about the guy who decided to be – a u.s national team member mm-hmm. when he had the people he was being wooed sergino Dest decided yeah. i'm going with the u.s national team and then barcelona said sergino Dest, please come here and play like we we are desperate to have you come play for us i actually got a promoted tweet like i was scrolling through my timeline yeah and i saw a video pop-up of sergino Dest. it was film like it was beautiful it was all i mean this was very well done and it's him walking up the steps and walking out, looking at Real Madrid's pitch. and Real Madrid. Barcelona. God. Barcelona's pitch. It's the yeah, same and Real Madrid. God. He's an Ohio State player looking at the big house. It's the same exact <laughs> thing, Bone. Good job. Right. So he's looking at Barcelona's fi- pitch. And like I'm just like, oh, this is cool. I didn't know I followed Sergino Dest, and I definitely don't follow Barcelona. And then I noticed it was a promoted tweet. And they were like the whole tweet was like, we got him. We got Sergino Dest. Like, that's fascinating to me. Like, a U.S. national team player goes to Barcelona, and they are now making promoted content about it to make sure that everyone's aware. I know they're serving that to me as an American soccer fan. They probably have all my bio, and they know what I'm doing. But sure. still, I find that to be – that's just such a change from even five or ten years ago 
with where this national team could be. So I get I get goosebumps when I think about where this team might be when World Cup time rolls around here in less than two years. I mean, yeah, I'm it's starting to get excited. Yeah, I am too, and especially after the debacle with the last Rota, right? I mean, it, it's still <laughs> you just can't do it, man. You can't you can't miss the World Cup, especially you know when you're the U.S. and you're qualifying through Concacaf. And so you just look at the situation and where you're at. It's exactly what you said. Like Christian Pulisic kind of didn't start an arms race because you're in great hands here with the youth of the game here in this country, right? But you look at what Christian Pulisic did, and he goes into Bayern, or not Bayern, he goes, same thing, Bone, Bayern, you know, <laughs> Dortmund, whatever. You got me all messed up on that. I Anyways, know, I, I so he, he, he goes over to Dortmund, and it was always this experiment, experiment, right? Like, all right, the Wonder Kid, like, what is he going to be able to? to do and then you start realizing like damn this kid is a good player and so he becomes great at Dortmund and then ultimately what happens you sell him off to Chelsea and now he is you know a, a, a fixture in their lineup and he's still doing great things with them still young okay that set off the kind of the arms race here and now what that does at least for me I believe on a global stage is like listen a, an American can do this and so now all these big time clubs are trying to find American products that say like all right well maybe you can be Christian Pulisic too and so the same thing with Weston McKinney like we're talking about Juventus for God's sake the old lady right like one of the right. most historic teams in the entire world landscape of soccer and like Weston McKinney is going there playing with Paolo Dybala and Cristiano Ronaldo, for God's sake. Like, these are two of the best dudes in the entire planet that you're getting to serve these balls up to. So, like, already you're starting to think about him. And then you, Sergino Dest playing for Barcelona. That's what we're talking Like, all right, Barcelona. One of the, right. I don't care if you know world soccer or not. Maybe you don't know Juventus. Maybe you don't know Chelsea. Maybe you don't know what that means. If if you know anything about soccer, you know Real Madrid and you know Barcelona. For that to happen, where they are so excited to get a young American product, we know for so long, for the last six or seven years, we have been talking about this new generation for United States soccer and what these young kids are going to be able to do. And I think that's why we all had such a problem with them missing out on the last cup cycle because they didn't get their shot. It's time for the old guard to move out. It's time for the young guard to move in. And I'm so glad that world soccer teams are taking notice of these young American prospects, and now you get to watch these kids flourish in a Stars and Stripes jersey like it is. It's it's totally, man. It gives you so many goosebumps to think about that. It's flat out amazing. Yeah, and uh, I just saw this from a few hours ago. It looks like Sergino Desla likely to get the start this weekend amazing. for Barcelona. Uh, so amazing. there you go, man. Like, you're going to get – I mean, hopefully you get to see an American player starting for Barcelona – in a way that like they I mean th this is not something where they just did this for fun I mean they went out they were like you said they were in a bidding war to try to get him and Bayern was just like we can't afford this yeah like, they, they just like we can't afford like Bayern Munich was like this American players price is too rich for us like this this is <laughs> yeah, a great uh, thing the team that just these won the Champions fun. League yeah these are fun things to hear I I enjoy hearing them does it does it mean that Sergino Dest and this U.S. national team that is full of all these guys ends up becoming world cup champions let let's let's just stop on all that we don't know but what we do know is this team has the potential to be the generation that brings u.s soccer to what a lot of us had hoped it would be not just having fans of the premier league not just having people who you know pay attention to the champions league but now like that movement's occurred 
And there's a large group of people, Beamer, like my age, your age, and younger, who now regularly watch Champions League, Premier League, Bundesliga. They follow the sport. What we need now is for this generation to really have a motivation to watch the national team again and to feel the things that I got to feel in 2002 when I got to watch this team go and play Germany and play Germany basically to a draw. And Germany got a BS goal that shouldn't have counted. Like, U.S. had a chance to get the goal back. I don't need to rehash it. The point is I hope that everybody under the age of 30 can eventually experience what I got to experience in that season and in that time watching that World Cup. And I think this is the generation of players that can bring that feeling back that – holy cow, we might beat the best team in the world. Holy cow, we might actually be good enough to win this whole damn thing. That's what I want to see this team bring back again, and hopefully they will. Let's also so. not forget that you got Zach Steffen rolling around at Manchester City, too. Like that's oh, yeah. A, we that's a real thing. We, we didn't even bring that up, right? Where, yeah, the pride of, you know, well, technically Maryland, but also Columbus, Ohio, as far yeah. as playing for the crew. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great thing, man. This is... This is a lot of fun. So it's a great time to be a U.S. national team fan. We haven't talked about the national team a ton, but trust me, the next couple of years, there will be plenty more for us to talk about. And Beamer, I cannot wait until we can do another live show at a bar. I know. Where we <laughs> God, can, where, didn't that seem like four years ago? I know. But it would be so great to do a show at a bar, have people come out, watch and, and watch a U.S. national team game with some of these guys, and then have an instant reaction podcast. That's that's the goal. That's what I'm looking forward to. So. Maybe in two years when another World Cup happens, Bone. Yeah, you know, but I, even at, like a qualifier. Sure. Like I'll, I'll, I just want to get. I just want to get back to that, man. I just get that vaccine in my veins and let's go. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm ready. I'm ready Give to get that, after it. Pump that in with some Jameson in there. I'm good to rock, Bone. Yeah, exactly right. Anything else before we uh, duck out of here for the weekend? Not really, man. I've been uh, been drinking some of our our friends' beer over at Land Grant. They just uh, they're having their sixth birthday party, so congratulations to Chris and Adam and all those guys yes. uh, over there who do such a fantastic job. I saw they released a special six pack edition with six different beers in that. I'm excited to get to try that. And uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I still I've been I think I've been drinking more definitely more beers during this quarantine. So like it's yeah. been pretty bad for my health, but I'm enjoying them. Uh, I've been drinking more beers, more White Claws, which was <laughs> zero before the quarantine, and now I'm on the White Claws. Uh, but also, like, tequila. That's been the one that I've been <laughs> – I've just been mainlining tequila, too. Mm, so it's Claws and been, tequila. Talk yeah, about buddy. a better combo. It's, Peanut butter and jelly, basically. Yeah, you really can't. You really can't. All right, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. See you guys soon. Enjoy all the soccer this weekend, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk again.